Oh, praise the Lord. Good morning. God bless you. May the Lord bless your household. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lead you, guide you, strengthen you, establish you, and above all, settle you. May the Lord grant the desires of your heart according to his will. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's go back to our baseline scripture. I really love the scripture. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. And it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. If we do the King James versions, it says, For it is God which walketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The basis of our discussion in the series is the fact that God is looking for men to work with. God is looking for co-laborers, men and women, young and old, that we avail themselves to God for God to use them. But how can we work for God if God has not first worked in us? He must first work in us. As a matter of fact, the desire to do the work of God and the capacity, the power to do it will not come or will not be generated if God first will not accomplish his work within us. So we've been looking at how God accomplishes, how God works in his own people. He works in us through the word of God, which comes like hammer, like water, like rain, like fire, name it like sword. And now we're looking at God working in his children through the cross. So Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 says, But God forbid that I, Paul, I, Timothy Agbana, put your name there, I should boast, except in the cross, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So the cross accomplishes deep work of God in the lives of God's people. Without the cross, there are certain things that you can never be dead to. Without the cross or with the cross, there are certain things you will never be alive to. For Paul, the word was crucified to him and he was crucified to the word. How? Through the cross. So there are eight tests of the cross, eight tests that we must go through before we graduate and enter into the next level. And looking at the life of Jesus, the first test of the cross is the test of sorrow. My goodness, the test of sorrow. And just to bring that back to your remembrance, as we discussed yesterday and day before, let's take 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 9 to 10 and the bible says now i rejoice not that you were made sorry but that your sorrow led to repentance for you were made sorry in a godly manner 
but you might suffer loss from us in nothing. Verse 10, for godly sorrow. Oh yes, there is something called godly sorrow. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So, the number one test of the cross is that it produces sorrow. It takes you through a process of godly sorrow that makes you realize the things that are wrong, the things that are right, the things that God wants you to experience so that you can come to the next level of his glory. Godly sorrow produces repentance. The second test of the cross Mark chapter 14, verse 43 to 46. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal, saying, Whomsoever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come, Immediately, he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid their hands on him and took him. The second test of the cross that Jesus laid as an example for us is the test of betrayal. 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 Oh yes, friends, as you make up your mind to follow Jesus, as you make up your mind to do the works of God, as you make up your mind to go all the way with Jesus, you will be confronted with this powerful, wonderful test. It's a test that will qualify you for the next place of your assignment. Oh yes, the test of betrayal. Have you been betrayed? Men will betray you. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 21, verse 36, over 16, I beg your pardon, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, And you shall be betrayed, both by parents and brethren. My goodness. Over by brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. Friends, we live in a time, a season of the fullness of manifestation of the scripture. Where people, men, close friends, brethren, brothers, pastors... Uncles, aunties, friends, families, colleagues will betray you for a morsel of bread. I've seen brethren betray brethren. I've seen people give themselves away. Family, that is the time we are living in. Why do you have to lose focus because someone betrayed you? As a matter of fact, every betrayal is an indication that you are walking with God in the right direction. Every betrayal from friends, from families, from pastors, from brethren, from supposedly fathers and mothers and uncles in the faith is an indication that you are set and the cross is having its full effect in your life.
Oh yes, betrayal is painful. Betrayal is so painful, but it's one of the first tests of the cross. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you are serving Jesus, if you are ready to go all the way with Christ, if you are ready to fulfill the purpose of God, those that will betray you are not those who you do not know. There are people that are working very closely with you who betrayed Jesus, his treasurer. Judas, one of the twelve, one of the men from the inner circle, men that will go for what they will gain, their pride, their name, their, their influence, for a morsel of bread, oh, for the honor of men, they will betray you, they will, oh goodness, how did Jesus feel the night when one of his own, who had been with him for three and a half years, who was with him daily, ate with him daily, drank with him daily, saw him minister, saw him preach, saw him heal the sick, saw him raise the dead. He came, he came, he came to betray his master. Friends, the same Jesus, say I should remind you of his scripture and his words to you. Perhaps you have forgotten, perhaps you are new. You want everyone to say good and wonderful things for you, about you, with you, through you. God cannot walk with men who have not been betrayed. The limit of your, of the extent to which the Father will take you depends also on the fact that you have passed the test, the test of betrayal. You shall be betrayed. Your walk with Jesus is incomplete if you do not have a certificate that shows that you have been betrayed. I've been betrayed by close friends. I've been betrayed by those whom I call fathers. I've been betrayed by those I think were standing with you, but you find out that they are not. As a pastor, you will be betrayed. As a child of God, you will be betrayed. As a daughter of Jesus, you will be betrayed. It's part of the test of the cross. If you cannot endure it, you cannot claim the full benefit of the cross. The third test of the cross is the test of false accusation and judgment. False accusation and judgment. Now let's read Mark chapter 14 verse 53 to 64. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests. Please note, high priest chief priest, the elders, and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. He warmed himself at the fire. Verse 55. Now, the chief priest and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. They were looking for ways to kill him. The test of false accusation and judgment. Do you know that this was not even done by, by, by Satanists or by atheists? It was done by chief priests. Chief priests, royal priests, high priests, religious people, senior pastors, senior brothers, friends. My goodness. 
false accusation look at what he has done looking for testimony he did not call he did not do this they were looking for ways to kill jesus to accuse him to judge him they could not find anything against him it's part of the test of the cross that people will accuse you they will speak of you things you have not done just to find a way to kill you to kill your ministry to destroy but the truth is if it is the test of the cross you can't be killed you will go through this process so that you can come out on the other side pure as gold pure as gold if you are, are walking with jesus and you are still moved by the false accusation of men it means you are still new you have still not gone beyond the first two tests, the test of sorrow, which leads on to salvation, and probably the test of betrayal. But as a man, a woman, a child of God that will work for Jesus, hey, you must be excited when men are accuse you for what you have not done they will call you names they will call you all manner of things they will call you a thief they will call you proud they will call you arrogant they will call you all manner accusation ways to destroy the savior they found none verse 56 for many bore false witness against him but their testimonies did not agree. Hallelujah. Their testimonies did not agree. Many, not a few, many. This, this brother was calling that sister and that high priest was saying, what can we do? This one said, yeah, I think he did that. Yeah, I think he did not come to greet me. Oh yeah, I think the way he spoke to the, to the Sahindrins. Oh yeah, that is the test of the cross, my friend. Disregard it. What was Jesus doing while all these, all these plans and, and, and arrangements and accusations were flying left, right and center? He was not moved. He did not even say a word. He did not even defend himself. Brothers, sisters, pastors, workers in the vineyard of Jesus, stop being distracted by the accusations and the judgment, false accusation and the judgment coming from those high priests and those senior priests and those junior priests and the people looking for ways to destroy that which God is doing in your life. For them, they are looking for ways to take you down. For God, is proving you. He's testing you. He wants to bring you to the next level. He wants to bring you to the place of glory. For you must be tried by fire so that you can come forth as God. Their testimonies did not agree. Then some, verse 57, rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, We heard, we heard, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. We heard him say, Hello, not we saw him. We heard him say, Don't be a part of a wicked and a perverse generation. Don't be a part of those that God will be using to raise his own workers while you will be left behind. Oh yes, I've been accused in my life. Accused by brethren in the church. Accused by leaders in the church as a believer growing up in my faith. Oh, accusation here, false accusation there. Those false accusations were instruments, were 
tools with which God used to form some values in me that have helped me over the years in ministry. Those accusations, those lying words and judgment and evil perception of men against you, against your life, against your ministry, against your family, against your marriage, against your job, they are part of the test of the cross. If you can endure and you can keep quiet while you are going through this test, you will come out on the other side with joy. With joy. Verse 59, the Bible says, But not even, not even then did their own testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is, what is it this man testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. That's how you pass that test. You say no word. You go not into any discussion. You do not go to justify yourself. You do not go to clear your name. I want to clear my name. I want, no, 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 no. When you're going through the test of the cross, you are not going through it to clear your name. You are going there to maintain silence. Oh, yes, silence. Because it is part of the qualifying factor for the next level. You are too wicked, be silent. You are too arrogant, be silent. You are too proud, be silent. You are too this, be silent. Men come to judge you, be silent. Men come to be silent. That's how you pass that test. Oh, your brother accused you, be silent. Your sister, be silent. Your uncle, be silent. Your father, be silent. Your friends, be silent. Men of your inner cycle, be silent. The test of accusation. False accusation and judgment. He kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. What a powerful response. That one, don't be silent. Are you born again? Yes, I am. Are you a child of God? Yes, I am. Are you a servant of Jesus? Yes, I am. Don't respond to anything else but to that which question your relationship and your intimacy with God, your fellowship with God. Are you the son? Yes. Are you going to build and break down the temple? Uh, he didn't answer a word. Are you the one who called yourself king of kings? He didn't answer a word. Are you the one who called yourself king of the Jews? He didn't answer a word. Are you the miracle worker? He didn't answer a word. Are you this? He didn't say all manner of false accusation. Jesus did not respond to it. But when that came, are you the son of God? He said, yes, I am. That I will say a thousand times. While you are going through the test of the cross, the test of false accusation and the test of judgment or judgmental spirit of the high priest and the low priest and the wicked priest and the friendly priest, do not compromise Purpose we are with you have been sent. The only question you are permitted to respond to is the question that borders around your fellowship and your intimacy with God. Are you the son of the blessed? Verse 62, Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man 
sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how our Savior went. He went through the test of the cross. The first test, the test of sorrow. Before he went to the cross, he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He went on his knees and prayed. When you are going through the test of sorrow, friends, pray, pray, pray. When you go through the test of betrayal, when men come to betray you, close, far, close relatives, close past friends from your inner circle, what do you do? Don't be offended. Maintain your stand. Stay strong. In patience, possess your soul. And when you go through the test of false accusation and judgment, and what do you do? Do not respond to the accusations of men. But please, when they query you about your relationship with the Father, about the authenticity of your assignment, do not be silent. Be bold to say, yes, I am a son of God. And that will by itself take you into the next level of glory. I commend you to God this morning and to the word of his grace, able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that regardless of what you have been through, you are going through, may you not lose hope. May you hold on. May you be strong. May you be strong. For when you go through this test, the test of the cross, you will rise in power, rise in glory, rise in wonders, and you will see the beautiful things of God. This is no time to clear your name. This is no time to keep a list of those who have betrayed you. This is no time to cry over those who have offended you. This is time to go through, go through it. What Jesus went through, you will go through also. For the works that he did, you shall do also even greater. This morning, I bless you with the blessing of heaven above. And I pray that like Peter prayed in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10, that after you have suffered for a while, may the God of peace, the God of hope, the God of life, may he settle you, may he establish you, may he strengthen you, and may he by his spirit settle you. In the name of Jesus. And the people say, Amen. God bless you and see you tomorrow again. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down Well I will cling to the old rugged cross And he 
Till my trophies at last I'll 